Welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Dave Keene with Park Baptist Church with John Whitaker. Hello, John. Howdy. It's weird when I call him John Whitaker and I don't call him Wit. I know his name is John and sometimes I call him John and people look at me like, who are you talking about? Uh, Wit. So, uh, Wit Whitaker. Um, new name. Uh, Wit Whitaker. Um, uh, do you want to uh, um, uh, pray for us as we get going? Yeah, sure. Let's do this. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time uh, as we... Uh, go through your word and reflect, Father, on the preaching of your word. I just pray you be with us, God. Uh, I pray you just give us understanding, help us to apply your text to our lives, so we not just be hearers of your word, but doers as well. We thank you for Christ and his death and resurrection. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to live a life of worship for him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. First uh, John 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard from the beginning and is now in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he is in, who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore the, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth. In the spirit of error. All right. What do you think? Great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, when you speak on false teaching and you say names, uh, it's just a little energy in the air. You know what I mean? <laughs> it feels, feels a little different. Feels different. Well, that's, uh, that's why I even said during the sermon, I said it falls differently. Beware of false teachers. Beware of, of so-and-so. Of course, you know, why name false teachers? I mean, of course, we see this pattern in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, you know, uh, Alexander and Hymenius, you know, mm -hmm. uh, first, Peter, first Timothy 1, um, Alexander the coppersmith, maybe the same Alexander, maybe a different one. Mm -hmm. Beware of him, he's done me much harm, Second Timothy 4, um, Hymenius and um, somebody else in Second Timothy 2, yeah. right? Their speak, teaching is spread like gangrene. So we know that names are being, being called out, right? But it, it's hard, in our, especially in our culture. In our culture, I think it's really hard to see, to hear. Yeah. Um, is there anything maybe just off the bat that you'd like to, before we start going into it, anything may come to mind? Like, oh man, I wish I said this or said this differently. Or yeah, I mean, I, nothing really immediately comes to mind. I, I would just say that, you know, it's hard when you teach about a topic like this because do I? I feel like I want to add caveats. Mm -hmm. You know, like because when I say a false teacher, I'm not saying that there's nothing good in false teachers, right? Because there are some things, I mean, everyone's made in the image of God, and you could be a, a Christian, a believer, and be a false teacher, yeah. right? You know, so it could be misguided, it could be well-intentioned, and, you know, maybe missing the mark of the scriptures, right? So we want to be gracious and kind and mm -hmm. charitable, um, you know, so I, if, you know, honestly, maybe if anyone is is offended by things I said, just to come talk to me, let me clarify my, my statement. Yeah. Uh, but again, that, that's that, that beginning of when John writes, beloved, that's how he begins it. Like, I'm writing to you because I love you. I'm saying yeah. this because I love you. And that's why I hope what people heard. But is there not something with, I guess, false teachers, and I think you did a, a good job of it, they aren't just non-believers, right? And that's what the church kind of distinguishes it. Like, Jesus says, oh, they're, they're wolves. They're not just, oh, because he was hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. But he's this false teacher, the wolves. Like, the Pharisees, he seemed to be a little bit more harsh with than he did with just someone who wasn't a Christian. So I get they'll be graceful, you know, you know, be patient, but at the same time, like 
Bible in many places are kind of like, no, be, you, sh you should be a little harsh because they're ruining people's faith. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Right. I think that I'm trying to maybe that's more of a, a personal bent that I, that I want to kind of cultivate in, yeah. in, my, in my own heart. Um, you know, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a certain element, certain people, we take the good and, and spit out the bad, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going we're gonna to chew up the meat and spit out the bones with some things. But I think false teachers, um, the reason why they're different is they're, they're leading people astray, mm -hmm. right? They're leading people astray in doctrine and in, in holiness, mm -hmm. right? That's the thing first, uh, second Peter and, and Jude kind of really hammer that home, right? right. Even, even Timothy, or Paul says to Timothy at the end of first uh, Timothy six, so I think we just got to be very careful with them, right? Yeah. And I think that my my fear um, in our church is that people are going to be exposed to false teaching, start liking an aspect of them, and before they, they, they know it, they're, they're starting to believe like that person. Hmm. And then they start drifting and thinking like that person. How do you distinguish between, maybe this is kind of where maybe a lot of people would practically would apply to them, they're actually not going to be interacting somewhat. I mean, obviously, they may be listening to that false teacher, but they're never going to see that person on the street. But they would maybe see someone who really, really likes them on the street. Yes. How do you maybe interact with that person who really likes that person? You know, not yeah, actually. well, you know, so if you have someone, the re part of the reason why you call out false teachers is that everyone knows that these are people that we don't recommend and don't trust, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's a time when you're, when, when hopefully when people who are part of our church walk into Park Baptist Church, hopefully their defenses are down a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Like they're not, you know, they're listening intently, yeah. active listening, but they're not like, okay, what's he going to say wrong this time? Right. right. They're, they're, they're guards down a little bit. Hopefully that is kind of cultivated over years of, of faithful preaching that they're going to hear that. Right. Um, so I, I think one, if you're, if you're uh, saying those names, these are people that are being recommended that I don't trust. And now you're interacting with a friend, maybe a new classmate, a coworker. Hey, I really love this guy. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start using, you know, wisdom to try to help them see, is this really best? Let me ask some questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've had several people who have been influenced by somebody that I would call a false teacher. And you've kind of patiently waited with them, talked with them, questioned them. Hey, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Mm -hmm. What about this? And what about that? And like, pressing them to really think what the scriptures teach is that right? right so so i think that there is you know i do think that there's going to be a lot more people in our church who are going to be exposed to false teaching during the era of covid mm. because false teachers are going to be more on tv and they're going to be more the ones who have their own you know station on roku that they can download there's gonna be a lot right. e easier for for those false teachers to be found during the era of covid because mm. of money right uh, but I think you're right. I think most people are going to interact with people who are exposing themselves to false teacher. Mm. That's good. Uh, so um, the first point, <laughs> the testing of the spirits. Um, and you gave us um, see, seven kinds of false teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, the heretic, the charlatan, the prophet, the abuser, divider, tickler, speculator. Uh, I'm just going to kind of go through that. Is there anything you'd like to add or maybe take away? Heretic? Uh, yeah, again, the, the heretic is going to be the most deadly one, right? Because they're saying things that are directly opposing the Christian message, right? So, um, common theme in American culture, right? It's okay to be a Christian and practice homosexuality. Mm. That person is a heretic. It's an apostate religion, right? Mm. So if you're a Methodist, uh, you're a PC USA church, that those are those are apostate faiths. They are not the true faith because they're saying you can commit sin, live in sin, walk in darkness, and still be of the light. It's heresy, 
Right. Directly opposing the scriptures. Mormons um, or Jehovah's Witnesses who don't believe that Jesus Christ is fully God. Right. Mm. You know, it's heresy. Right. We can't, you know, they believe one is Pentecostals, which is growing all over the world. What is right? that? Uh, they believe that God is basically it's modalism. They believe that God is is one, shows himself as different, you know, as the Son, Father, Son, and Spirit. Right. Mm. But not all three at three at one at the same time. Gotcha. So, so yeah, so the, the heretic um, is probably the most dangerous, right? Mm. Um, the charlatan uh, sometimes is is challenging because they, they will say whatever they think is going to be most profitable, right? And sometimes people don't start out as charlatans, mm. but they drift towards that, right? Because there's a lot of money in, in book sales and conferences and, mm. you know, you know, magic oils, right? <laughs> like yeah. But I think that you're, uh, what Paul said that in, uh, what second Timothy, is it two teachers were going to like Janice and John Breeze, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to kind of slip in and like influence weak willed women, you know, so I, you know, not saying that weak women are weak willed, but that's what the text says. Um, they're deceptive. They're trying to deceive folks. Right. So hmm. the prophet, yeah, the prophet was probably one that was, um, this is happening. I've seen I've seen this a little bit with Stephen Furtick. I definitely see this with with Sarah Young and the Jesus Calling book, and like I think uh, both of them are well intentioned, right? But I think that what they're doing is unhelpful. Therefore, I would not recommend them, right? Because I think they're steering people wrong because they're they're saying that God is saying certain things that God's not saying, right? Mm. So at the end of the book of Revelation, if anyone adds to this prophecy or takes away from, it, let them be accursed. They'd be very careful if you're adding words to Scripture. Now they're trying to humanize the Lord. Like, you know, the, the speaking, the Lord's speaking this to you, or the Lord has spoken this to me. Like, you should be very careful. I think you could say, the Lord, I feel, I feel that I'm, I'm, I'm being uh, influenced this way. I feel the Lord is, is kind of impressing me in this direction. But I think it's very, very wrong to say, the Lord said this when he didn't. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the abuser? Uh, yeah. So the abuser is about power, tries to put himself in. Um, a certain position of uh, influence, you know, whether that's they want to abuse them sexually, right? We've seen that throughout the Catholic Church uh, scandal in the 80s and 90s. Um, we've seen that even in, in our own denomination. Mm. Um, uh, we've sadly seen another form of abuser, right? Maybe not for sexual abuse, but just for power, mm. right? And that's going to happen in good Reformed theology, right? You can have a good Reformed pastor, but they can lead people really wrongly. Yeah. Right? Uh, the divider... Uh, yeah, the one who's trying to, to always stir up division, right? That's that's an interesting one, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about who would I place in that camp, um, you know, but I think God's um, leaders are not quarrelsome, right? But they're patient, mm-hmm. kind, patiently enduring evil. Um, so I think that if we're going to be leaders in the church, we should be not ones who stir up controversy and strife, but bring peace and unity. Uh, the tickler. Yeah, I think the most common one, right? Our culture does not like hard sayings, mm-hmm. right? So American culture likes the feel good. I mean, you put prosperity gospel in this camp, maybe mm-hmm. prosperity gospel light, right? Where God's always blessing you, right? Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, you know, hurts, uh, hangups and hiccups rather than sin. You know, yeah. those, are, those are a big difference. Um, you know, so yeah, I think that a lot of the ticklers sometimes is just cowardly. Right, I don't want to say anything that's going to offend anybody, um, you know. And honestly, there's times I think that 
interpersonally that I may have a, more of a challenge with, um, you know, saying things that are hard in a relationship one-on-one. From the pulpit, I've never had that problem. You know, I feel like it's very, this is what I'm commanded to do by God. But sometimes the interpersonal stuff is harder because you're making more direct statements, you know. Right. Yeah. And the speculator, I actually had a question. Yeah. Someone actually sent me on this one, just wanting kind of more clarification on what the speculator was. Maybe give an example. Um, so in 1 Timothy, um, he tells it, says it twice, uh, to avoid controversy and, and, and myths, mm-hmm. right? Um he, author of Hebrews says, avoid strange teachings. Um, so the speculator, I think, would maybe float ideas that are um, not clear in the scriptures, but speak them in a way with with fact. Hmm. Maybe have someone who is really big on the end times, and they'll make prophecies and projections. This verse in Revelation means America, or this verse means Russia. And therefore, we should not do certain things. So I think that they're taking things out of context and proclaiming that they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, someone who maybe I'm think that the world's going to end in 2012, right? Well, it didn't. So you know, you speculated right. that you you were a false prophet, right? Um, I, I mentioned the idea of controversies here because I think that what I see a lot of Christians getting caught up in is um, the the Quanon, Qanon, whatever it is, um, the conspiracy theories that. There's the Illuminati kind of running the country and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like a sci-fi kind of mystery thriller. I think these are the same people who are always crawling foul, whether it's voter fraud or media biased. They're always saying this kind of stuff. And I think what it does, if you're always trying to highlight a, a new Fox News conspiracy, mm-hmm. right, because that's where I think they're coming from, um, you know, hope I didn't offend anybody, but I think that's where a lot of those things are being kind of you know, broadcast. Um, so if you're constantly talking about that, well, what happens if your newsfeed on your Facebook page is filled with conspiracy theories and then you talk about the, a virgin giving birth to a, to a, 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 a to, to the savior of the world. Right. Right. And that same savior of the world is going to die on a cross, be raised from the dead and come back riding a, a horse with a tattoo on his leg, right. <laughs> with a sort of, of, you know, coming out of, of his mouth. Like, don't mix truth with, like, myth right. and conspiracy. That's what I was trying to get at. Okay. That's good. Uh, five tests. I'm going to read them. You don't have to go through each one. Test of origin. Is it from God? Authority. Is it grounded in the Bible? Consistency. Consistent with the whole Bible. Spiritual growth. Sound doctrine equals health. Bad doctrine equals sickness. Godly living. Sound doctrine equals godly living. Uh, bad doctrine equals not godly living. Um is there any, maybe any of those tests that you want to highlight or talk about more? So after the, the, the test of origin, you can see that all through first John, are you born of God or are you of the devil? Right. First John all over, over the gospel of John. Mm-hmm. I think the one that's probably most common is consistency throughout scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, most people who are false teachers today, I think they twist and they pervert an element of the truth of scripture. Right. So does the Bible talk about prosperity? Of course it talks about prosperity. But you, you are redefining the way the Bible talks about prosperity, right? Or love. God is love. We'll look at this next week in, in, in our sermon. So if God is love, you may redefine what love is. Love is not ex- is full accepting everything that you're doing, right? Uh, love is God, right? And what God deems as lovely. You know, so you'd be very, very careful there. So I think that's probably the one that's probably most 
I'm probably most dangerous concerned yep. about is the inconsistency, right? And this is one of the ways. If you, these are, these are all these tests, in many ways, would be um, at least the first three would be how we got the canon of scripture, right? You know, the, even the New Testament was it connected to apostle? Was it was it antiquity? Was it written around the time of the apostles? Was it consistent, right? Was it you know kind of connected to like was it a uniform uh, thought throughout? all the other New Testament books. Yeah. So that's good. Um, you said worship it's ways to show our love for God. I just, you know, talk about it. I just really like that. That was a really helpful kind of definition because often I'm hearing this worship is, you know, when we sing, so no, all, you know, whatever you're doing, you yeah. worship. So you mentioned this in your sermon, which is kind of say this, I'm still thinking about your sermon. Praise the Lord. The Lord really did a wonderful job using you there. But you said that, you know, part of our job is to offer living sacrifice. And you're, you're quoting, Romans 12, you know, one there, mm -hmm. that's where the worship is. You know, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. So mm -hmm. everything that we do, this should be worship, right? Whenever we eat, drink, we do it all for the glory of God. So awesome. Uh, second point, triumph of the spirit. And really just kind of highlighted, you know, how much better Jesus is, <laughs> yeah. his, his power, uh, as God, any, any remarks on, uh, that one? Yeah, so I mean, I think that there's there's different ways you can take this passage, right? I spent I chose to spend a lot more time on the front end, right, talking about false spirit, you know, um, false prophets, and and being more of every spirit. I could have spent a lot more time there talking about different streams of thought that I think that are dangerous. Yeah. I mentioned again at the end about you know listening to the world, and we kind of kind of touched back on it because there's lots of things that I think that could be potentially dangerous. Um, uh, but I, I really here I just wanted to remind us that you know we have Christ, right, and those who John's writing to chose to persevere with Jesus. Hmm. They, they proved that they belonged to God. Why? Because they didn't leave. They didn't leave sound doctrine. They didn't leave the community of faith, right? And as he sees, talks about in First John 2. Um, so be confident, right? He who is in you is stronger than he was in the world. And sometimes we just need a reminder that like, if we, are, we belong to the Lord, there's nothing that the evil one can do to us, hmm. right? That's know, good. So. Um, last point, truth of the Spirit. Uh, any, any remarks on that? You said, you know, we, we are of God. I really like that. Yeah. Are, so you, are you with the, are you of God? I, th I thought that was really good. Yeah. Are you of God? So it's very, very simple. If you belong to God, you will love the things of God. Right. Mm. Um, so, so verse five, they are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. And man, there's a lot of things that are coming from world with like a worldly bent to them. Right. So the tickler, one of the false teachers I mentioned cares about man more than God, right. right? I think a lot of theology that's being pushed that people are, might might be kind of leaning into is a man-centered theology rather than a God-centered theology. Mm. And that causes me some concern. So I don't know what people are listening to, what podcasts they're following, right? And even like how much news stations they watch, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you are being discipled by Fox News... Right, you might be being discipled by the world. You might start thinking like them. Right mm -hmm. now, you have to take everything, read it through Scripture. Right, I'm not saying Fox News is bad. I'm not saying CNN is bad, but you have to look at both facts that are being presented and say, okay, is it good, or is it or is it bad? Um, you have to uh, think about an idea, or an ideology, or a book that might be getting headway. Is this a good idea? You know, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, someone gave me Pagan Christianity. You know, by Frank Viola, talking about how they're against the institutional church. Well, that birthed a lot of home churches and the institutional church is bad. Well, is that a right theology? Mm -hmm. So you have to like look at the whole entire scripture and 
when you read the book, he basically took his whole entire thesis of the book off one verse of scripture. I think 1 Corinthians 14, 23. Well, that was like, like you can't get to interpret scripture with scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Like, come on, man. Um, so you just be very careful what we're listening to, right? And are we being like, you know, I've used this example before, but like you jump in the water, right? So we're swimming in the world, mm -hmm. right? You jump out of the water, we're now saved, we're no longer in the world, uh, but we're still wet. We still yeah. have maybe worldly feelings or desires or things may not, we haven't been reformed yet by the word of God mm -hmm. and transformed to think like the Lord. Yeah. Um, so and I think now our culture is drifting more farther from Christ, right? So I think that we're not at the, we're not where the world's at, we're one step inside that, right? So I think there's a lot of influence the world's still giving the church. Right. So mm, that's good. Just two questions. We can close with these. Uh, is there any advice for someone who struggles to trust the whole Bible as the Word of God? Yeah, I mean, the more and more you read it, the more and more you trust it, right? So I was talking to um, uh, uh, Dear yesterday, and she was just saying, hey, I, I've, this year I'm, I'm going to read the Bible all the way through in an entire year. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. I've never done that before. And she goes, it's amazing how many times you know, I'll be reading something and there's a connection in Sunday school or in your sermons mm -hmm. to what I'm reading. And I kind of just kind of quibbed. It's almost like there's the same author throughout the whole entire book mm -hmm. because <laughs> God spoke through men, but the, the final author is the Lord, mm -hmm. right? So when you say, I struggle to read the whole Bible, understand the whole Bible, the more you read it, the more you start seeing connections from Genesis to Revelation. Mm -hmm. So a, a healthy biblical theology makes it for me Boy, I really start to trust the, the, the Bible more, mm. um, you know, and then, then you know, how is the, the Bible affecting you and changing you? The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, it's living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing soul and spirit, bone and marrow, revealing the thoughts, the intentions of the heart. If you are reading the word of God, is it coming alive to you? Mm -hmm. Well, that means you should probably trust it, yeah. you know, um, and then if you don't trust the word of God, I'd say, Lord, help me trust the word of God. Mm -hmm. Ask him to give that to you. That's good. Uh, lastly, uh, it's it's the season. Christmas is coming. We're talking about false teaching. So, um, what do you lose when you did, when you deny the incarnation or that Jesus was man? Why is that heresy? And what and what's the consequences oh, man. of heresy? I could totally answer this, but I want you to because you asked the question. No. no, no, no. <laughs> uh, okay. Go for it. All right. Um, it's heresy because it's against scripture. Right, but what you lose is salvation, because if Jesus is not man, he did not die for mankind. Right, the author of Hebrews says that. What is the blood of bulls? Right, what, is it, what, what can it do for us? Nothing. Why? It's a bull. We're mankind. What happened? So, uh, a really good book on, this, on the incarnation by Athanasius. It's a classic, right? It's it's written hundreds of years ago. Yeah, Athanasius was one of the the ones who fought against Pelagius uh, at the Council of Nice uh, yes. Nicaea three twenty five. So, yeah. yeah, but one you can read it. It's really short. It's pretty easy to read, and you can say you read a classic, yeah. which is kind of cool. By one of the church fathers. <laughs> yeah, by one of the church fathers, right? Uh, but you lose that Jesus died for you, a human, and uh, he Athanasius does make this remark that. We were made in the image of God for the incarnation to come. Jesus you know, is, is, the, is that image, you know, so um, that relationship with God. So I, I just think it's really cool, but 
Yeah, you lose salvation. Yeah, you lose salvation. So if Jesus was not a man, then he did not die for man, mm -hmm. right? So, but the Bible is very clear, right? You know, Hebrews, he was made like us in every respect, mm -hmm. right? So when he was tempted and didn't didn't fall, he could, he could sympathize with us. Mm -hmm. uh, but he died for our sins. You know, Hebrews chapter two would kind of put this bed to rest. Colossians two that the, the the fullness of God dwelled in him bodily. Mm -hmm. Bodily was was. was God and man. Mm -hmm. um, so, so when someone wants to kind of go all, you know, no, it was more of, he was more of a metaphorical, mm -hmm. like, I think you just lose everything, right? Yeah. You know, and that's like your interpretation of the scriptures, I would question, mm -hmm. but you, you may not have true salvation. Yeah, the, uh, the Spanish speakers are going through the Gospel of John, and mm -hmm. at the end, John kind of facing the Gnostics at that point is just hitting it hard, like Timothy's like, come, come touch me, right? He's like, he's eating fish in front of, like, do you have anything to eat? Let me eat it in front of you. He's like, Jesus is literally saying, come touch me, and you can, I'll, I'll let you know I'm bodily resurrected, yeah, which I mean, is kind of cool. He's still bodily resurrected even now in heaven. Yeah, and even like at the beginning of First John, right? It says, um, that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, we have looked upon, we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life that was made manifest. We have seen it, we have testified to it, like they've mm -hmm. touched him, they, they felt him, like, you know, so uh, again, false teaching. Mm -hmm. So in, in John's day, people were saying that Jesus wasn't fully God, mm -hmm. or sorry, fully man, right? Yeah. He did not come in the flesh. Well, if Jesus didn't come in the flesh, then he's not the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And therefore, he's not the savior of the world. And therefore, people are still in their sins, and they mm -hmm. have no forgiveness, and they have no hope for salvation. Serious, serious issues. Yeah, which is really interesting because early on, they denied there's no way that this guy's man, right? For the first few hundred years, it was like there's no way this guy was in the flesh. He had to be just God. Yeah. It wasn't until much later that they were like, yeah, he wasn't God. <laughs> it was hundreds of years later they yeah. denied his deity. Um, sorry, this is actually the last question. I know we're running okay. late. But You're good. What's your favorite Christmas hymn? Oh, my favorite Christmas hymn. Uh, I, I go back and forth, right? Okay. Um, you know, I love um, "Come All You Faithful." Mm -hmm. um, I love I love lines in certain. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like different Christmas hymns are certain lines, like "Joy to the World." Uh, he came to remove the curse as far as the curse is found. Mm. I love that. I love, <laughs> love, love that. Um, you know, but even like we, we sang, you know, "Rejoice," a desire of all the nations. Mm. Um, there's 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 nuggets in every one of the Christmas songs that I just love. Mm -hmm. How about you? Do you have one? Hark the Herald. It's Charles Wesley and George Whitfield got together and wrote a hymn. Like, how does it get any better? I mean, seriously. <laughs> do, do you want to sing a line for us? <clears throat> nope. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to pray us out? Uh, Father, we love you. We thank you so much for uh, your word. We pray that you would allow us to be faithful to it uh, by testing the spirits, um, but believing only in your word. Uh, we pray, God, that we would always know that you who are in us is stronger uh, than he was in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, we pray that we would listen to your word and the apostolic uh, teaching. Father, devote ourselves to it, that we would uh, be found faithful to you. So, Father, we, we pray that for us, and we pray that for our congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.